but are you on fire? A couple weeks ago, we started um, just a two-part series that we like to hit every now and then on he's in us for us, which is the life part, which we're alive, but then he's on us for who? For others. Would you say that with me? He's in me for me, but he's upon me for others. We believe that there are two encounters with Holy Spirit in this church. We really we believe this is biblical. We believe that when you say yes to Jesus and you join in relationship with him and you, you partner with him in relationship, we believe that his spirit comes and lives inside of us to be our constant guide, to be our counselor, our teacher, our, the one who convicts us when we're out of line, when our attitude's bad, that deep voice inside of us that teaches us what's right from wrong. He also brings gifts. He, he gives us gifts. His characteristics begin to pour out of our life, which is love, joy, peace, patience. I'll say it again, but how often are Christians described by those adjectives? Man, they are so loving. They are so patient. My wife used to be a waitress, and she said she hated waiting on Christian people. She said, that should not be, right? We should be the best, the best tippers. That's Holy Spirit in us. That's his life in us. I'm already spitting and I'm not a spitter. That's his life in us that's for us. But then there's a second one. So there's a baptism of water, which is salvation. And we join this relationship with the Trinity, right? But then there's a baptism in the Holy Spirit. How many believe in there's another baptism? This is a baptism of fire. The first is to make us come alive. We were, he didn't come, we've heard this saying, but he didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. He came to make dead people alive. How many of you were dead before, but now you're alive? How many remember what it was like when you were dead? Oh. Nothing worked, right? Am I telling the truth? Nothing worked. Like we thought we were so smart, but we were dead, so nothing worked. But then it's better his way, right? That's salvation. That's the life part. He's in me for me. It's my benefit that I have a relationship with him. But then there's that second baptism of fire. And this is where Jesus says, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. He will come upon you. And something will happen to you. You will not just be alive, but you'll be on fire. And as, as Fire Life Church, we called it that for a reason. We want to be people that are alive. We want to be people that are fun to be around. I'm going to wait till everyone says amen. <laughs> you make this go really fast now. I want to be fun to be around. I don't want to be the boring, lazy, angry, frustrated person. I want to be fun to be around. But I also want to have something to offer people besides just being a good person. I said this two weeks ago, but we were not saved to just be good people on the earth and volunteer for the PTA and coach coach stuff and bring cookies and brownies to the little thing at the church and to do all this stuff. That's not what he called us to be as Christians, just nice people. They don't go, they don't cause, stir up anything. They don't cause any riots. They're just quiet and they're sheep and they're quiet and they're sheep. He didn't call us to just be nice people. He called us to turn the world upside down. He called us to cause the, the people in the world that think they're wise to think, man, I'm foolish compared to the wisdom that they carry on. And that's the fire of God. 
And there's a wisdom that we can attach ourselves to. It's the wisdom of God that literally holds all of creation together. There's a way that God thinks that holds everything in its place. It's the structure. Do you realize this? That wisdom is actually the structure of the universe. The way God thinks wisdom, the way he thinks about things, is what brings order to all the chaos. Come on. And he, he joined us in relationships so that we could come alive, but then he also gave us access to stuff that makes us dangerous. How many of you would ever would describe yourself as a believer that you're dangerous? You're dangerous. Not in a bad way. But every day of the week, you wake up and you feel dangerous. You have something inside of you looking for expression. And that's Holy Spirit. He says he would be like in us, a river that flows out of our belly. And in Ezekiel 47, you can go there. We're going to read this. Ezekiel 47 is talking about this river that flows out of the house of God. Remember the story. He measured out a thousand cubits and what happened to the water? It got deeper. He measured out another thousand cubits and what happened to the water? It was even deeper than that. Where was the water coming from? The temple of God under the altar, right? But as it went away from the altar and away from the temple, every time they measured out a specific uh, number of cubits, it was deeper than it was back in the original source. What's the implication here? The further we get away from this gathering place, I just want us to get over thinking about church as where we come and just worship together. This is, we, don't, we do worship together, but that's not what church is. This is a gathering place where we become dangerous. And as we leave here, the river gets deeper in us as we leave this place. As you leave your secret place when you pray at home, you feel how many feel the presence of God in your secret place? Raising it, yeah. You feel the presence, and you're in your car, and you're listening to your music, or you're just talking, and you're praying, whatever, and you feel the presence of God, the river of God, right? That river should extend as, you, as it goes out. It should get deeper and deeper the further away from that place because you're carrying the river with you. The anointing that you feel to prophesy in the secret place, the anointing that you feel to prophesy inside of a church or a safe place, should become greater when you're in the darkest place. Because the Bible says where sin abounds, what? What? Grace what? Much more abounds. As we move out, as we step out in faith and live our lives on purpose, the river should get deeper the further away we get from our safe base. Because we're supposed to be dangerous. Ezekiel 47 verse 12 says this, it says, on the river banks, on one side and on the other, there will be all kinds of trees for food. The trees will be for what? For food. All right? And it says, even their leaves will not wither, and their fruit will not fail. How many want this to be your life story? My leaves that are, that are here will not wither, and my fruit that's supposed to be for food will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because the water flows from the sanctuary. Come on, how many want to be fruitful in every season of life? Fruitfulness looks different in every season, but God wants us to be fruitful in every season of life. Because why? Because the water flows from the sanctuary and out of our belly, it flows into a river of living water. And then it says, and their fruit will be for food. Everyone say, my fruit is food. And my leaves are healing for the nations. 
This is who we're supposed to be as fire life. I'm going to be really short. I want you to know who we are. Every now and then, I want to just remind you of why you're here. You're not here to just overcome a weakness. You're not part of this church because you're trying to overcome a weakness. You're trying to one day God's going to do something. You're dangerous right now. And we are here because we have been sown into the system as leaven. The Bible says, what can I compare the kingdom of heaven to? I'll compare it to leaven. I'll compare it to yeast. That's worked into the batch of dough. And as it works through the batch, the whole lump rises and, and has a reaction to the leaven. That is us. We have been sown into this world system that doesn't think like God. It doesn't think according to the wisdom and the patterns of God, which is why Romans 12 tells us to don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. Be transformed. Have a different way of thinking. And as you think differently, there's going to be a wisdom of God that comes through you. That's a life source to people. And they're going to feel like, man, they actually have wisdom. And their wisdom is food that I can eat. How many of you want solutions for your workplace problems? How many want, if, if, the, if the boss and she comes in and says, hey, we have a problem here at work and we need to figure out how to fix this problem. How many want to be the one if there was a problem? Yo. <laughs> That's right. How many of you want to be the one to solve the problem? If you don't know what that is, it's an old ice, ice baby song, right? You know, ice, it just comes to me like this. I'm sorry, I'm immature in my mind. <laughs> you want to be the person to solve it, right? I, we should come up with these solutions because we're carrying the fire of God and the life of God inside of us. How many want to have solutions for your finances, for your home? How many of you sat there and looked at your bills and go, I don't know what to do with this? There's someone who does know, and he lives inside of you, and he wants to have expression in your life, and he wants us to live in such a way that the world sees us and looks at us, and that we're known for two things, that we're known for our love, and we're known for our wisdom. I, I can't get away from this. For the last few years, I've been studying Proverbs like I never have before because I feel so strongly. If we would just live by Proverbs, the church would look so differently. Like everything you can think of in life is covered in Proverbs from the beginning to the end. What's today? The 29th? Read the 29th Proverb today. Just every day of the week, whatever day of the week, whatever day of the month it is, one, two, three, read the chapter of Proverbs and then say, God, help me to live the wisdom of God. There's something about God's wisdom. So he wants us to be known for our love and for our wisdom. See, something should happen to us as this river of God and this, this baptism of the Holy Spirit and this, this, this uh, washing of the salvation. Something should happen to us where we become beneficial to those around us. Have you ever thought of it like that? See, we live in a consumer society. So it's very contradictory for us to think in terms of what can I offer someone else? Ouch. Am I telling the truth? We're usually thinking, what can I get for something? It's society, right? But in the kingdom, we are supposed to be beneficial to the people around us. Not in an unhealthy way where everyone just has access to us and we're overwhelmed. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about powerful people who are in control of themselves that have something to offer other people. The food of our life, the fruit of our life becomes something people can partake of and they can say, you're right, the Lord is good. The fruit of your life causes me to see that God is good. What did he say? Live such good lives among unbelievers that they may see your good deeds 
And then they will what? Glorify your Father who is in heaven. There's something attractive about being on fire. Am I telling the truth? God wants us to be on fire. See, what we... Just a couple of highlights. The goal is not for us to look for needs and focus on needs. The goal is for us to just be fruitful and let the fruit of our life become beneficial to those around us. When we look at a need, when we talk about a need... It shapes the, the way which we think about a situation. So if, if we bring up impatience and we're like, man, I'm just going to learn to be patient because I, I see so many ways that I'm impatient. We, what happens? You begin to see everywhere how impatient we are. I remember when Mandy and I first got married, we got us a yellow bug. I loved it. It was so awesome. It had the turbo in it and it was a stick shift and we had not seen any of them anywhere, right? And then all of a sudden, we get a yellow bug, and everywhere I look, man, there's a yellow one, and there's a yellow one. Your yellow is uglier than my yellow, but you have a yellow bug. And everywhere you look, because it became a center of focus, became a focus that we were aware of something we weren't aware of before. So when I say that our life is to be beneficial to the people around us, I don't mean look for needs like, oh, well, they need this, and they, no, 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 because what will happen is we'll get trapped into the thinking of that need, and we won't be who we're supposed to be. Sometimes our solutions aren't the right solutions. Sometimes we think we know best how to fix something and God wants to turn the thing on its head and do it a different way. What's the point? Just be fruitful. Be fruitful people. Mandy and I and, and I, the church, we've been going through this where we, we feel something strong on, on just stewardship. Stewardship, it's a big deal because that becomes the fruit that people can partake of. Are you guys still with me? Give me two more minutes. Can you tell that we're, we're taking seriously stewarding the property can you tell thank you if you were here before and you are now hopefully you can tell it's a big deal to us it's a big deal and there's still so many things we want to do but what does this matter because we're in a community right here that's excellent we should be excellent on a level that they're like wow we thought we were excellent look at how they do stuff look at how they do stuff the way we manage our hearts should be on a level of excellence that people are attracted to. It should become fruitful. Am I telling the truth? Yeah? All right, ready? Some prophetic person in the room. Tell me why there's a skunk walking by right now when I'm talking about taking care of the property. There's something we got to figure out here. Make a note. Remember, we got to figure this out. I can't let it go. <laughs> I remember one of the Lord has spoken to us strangely through animals on the property. For example, having saw uh, the shack and the bluebird, what the bluebird represents in the shack. We were praying and all of a sudden bluebirds start showing up all over this property. Blue jays. Sorry. Blue Jays start showing up everywhere. Then when we went through the whole thing with the electricity and we're freaking out, like, God, what in the world's going on? We pull up to this tree right here and there are 12, exactly 12 fat doves sitting in this tree. I'm like, okay, God, you're talking to me. So someone help me with the skunks. All right, back to, back to what we're talking about. Our life should count for something. People should see us and the way we do life and it should cause them to hunger for what we have because we're fire life. It's not so people look at us 
It's literally for their benefit. Not with an attitude of, oh, I'm here for your benefit. I mean, I live for your benefit. I live that your life can become better. Come on. How many want to live that kind of life? So we're alive, it's for us. But then there's this fire of God that comes upon us. And something happens and it turns us into another person. Do you believe that? It turns us into another person. The fire of God inside us. The spirit of God. And if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us, then it should look like something. Am I telling the truth? So Father, we just come to you right now. I told you I'd be short. Why don't you stand? I heard an author on the radio um, maybe three or four months ago, and he made a statement, and he said, we should astound the culture again. He said, Christianity in the early days astounded culture. They astounded culture so much that they looked at these foolish, dumb, ignorant fishermen, and they said, how are these people, with their lack of knowledge, lack of training, turning the world upside down with wisdom? They couldn't understand it. It was different. And it shocked and it astonished the culture. Then you fast forward a little bit after the early church was born. And in Roman uh, countries and cities at that time, they were concerned with overpopulation. See, it's not a new thing. It's been going on forever. They were concerned with overpopulation. And so children and babies became very invaluable to them. So they literally wouldn't name their kids for eight to ten days or to two weeks after the baby was born because they didn't know if they wanted to keep it or not. So they would literally put these children, these babies on boats and ships and just push it out to sea to just rid them of the problem. And guess what the early church decided to do? They said, there's a problem here. And this problem is not okay. We're going to solve the problem. So they began to create orphanages and begin to take in these children as if they were their own and care for them. And guess what the Roman culture did? They looked at the Christian culture and they were astonished by their love for someone they had no ties to. They're like, these people are different. And it astonished the culture. And Christianity, for thousands of years, for a couple of thousand years, has astonished culture with our Renaissance time period, with our, with our science, with our mathematics, with the art, with the songs that we produce. Come on, am I telling the truth? With history, with, with, with thinking. Most of the stuff that's changed the world has come through Christian inventors. It's just, there's an astonishing that happens in the culture. And I feel and I believe right now, God is waking, waking us up and he's calling us to astonish the culture again. And it's going to be through love. It's going to be through this fruit of the spirit. It's going to be different than before. Yeah, we're going to come up with solutions. We're going to write the best movies. Come on. Hey, Christian movies are getting better, aren't they? <laughs> they are. They're getting better. We're going to write the best ones. We're going to create the best thought patterns. We're going to create the best ways to solve uh, mental issues in schools. Christians are going to be the ones to astonish culture. But it's going to happen when people are alive and when they're on fire. See, you can't just be alive. You've got to be on fire, too. So how many want to be alive and on fire? Just raise your hand. Father, we come to you now. Why don't you just ask and pray for it? Father, I ask that you would ignite me. Lord, not just with fruitfulness in my own life so I can be blessed and so things can go well for me. I mean, I love that. That's great. It is a reward of knowing you. But God, I'm asking you for to set me on fire so that I can benefit other people. God, I want to astonish the culture with the love, with the wisdom, God, with the, with the way that we can, can turn issues around, God. 
Father, I pray for those here in this room, those that listen to the podcast. I pray that they will come alive right now like never before. I pray that they'll become fruitful. Fruitful now and in every season of their life, God. We just release that word right now, the seed of God, into the season they're in to cause them to be fruitful in Jesus' name. And God, as we become fruitful, I ask for Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and that you would baptize us with your fire, that we will become filled with your power, that we will become your witnesses, that we will be filled with your giftings, with your anointings, with your ability to reconcile people to Father God. We ask right now that you cause your spirit to come upon us. Along with fruitfulness, God, we ask for gifts to begin to express themselves through their lives. Give them dreams, visions, prophecies, words of knowledge. Give them faith that they've never experienced before. Give them tongues and interpretations of tongues, God. We ask that you give them discernment, Lord, that they can, they can test the spirits. And not only that, but they can shift the atmospheres, God. And here's how I want to close. And this is going to be our, our main altar time, our main time of turning. I want us to do this first at home. I want us to be the best ministers at home. How many will make that commitment with me? You say, I'll do this at home. I'll pastor my home. Men, women in the room, let's pastor our children. Let's do it there because if we'll do it there, then we'll do it in other places. But if we don't do it in our home, how foolish are we to think that we'll do it in the marketplace? It starts in the home. It has to start in the home. It has to be the atmosphere of our home. So Father God, we ask that you come and abide with us. May our homes be filled with your presence. May you be at home with us. May you release peace as you come into our homes. Save our kids, save our entire household, Father. think it's easier to minister to a perfect stranger than to someone that you love sometimes most of the time let's let's flip that we should encourage those we love more than we encourage strangers are you okay how many of you ever asked someone at work hey are you all right oh we've lived with someone all week and haven't asked them once how they're doing let's flip this let's keep doing the other but let's do it at home this is what i mean by this Amen. Everybody good? So glad you came today. We love you. Jason, good job, man. Proud of you. Thank you for doing it. Letting us see you and know you. Some awesome things. Let's just pray. Can we just pray for him? That God does something special for him. God, we just pray for Jason right now. You've got something in his heart, a burning passion to love you. He loves you well. He loves you with, with like a little boy spirit. I love that about him. It's, it's, uh, it, it ignites the people around him, God. And I ask that you would do something special for Jason. 
I ask that you would ignite those passions and those giftings to, to write songs, to, to come up with creative ideas for worship. I don't know what all it is, but I just ask that you would raise him up. And then outside of the giftings, I ask that you would do something for him personally, just for his heart. Hmm. I just see some sort of, I just heard reconciliation. And so I just release that over him. Amen. All right, you guys are awesome. Pray for each other. Love each other and uh, just be blessed. All right, that's it. That's it for me.